2: With Kevin Cerilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2.
3: We are now just a few hours away from the historic impeachment vote, where President Trump will likely become the third president in history to be impeached by the House of Representatives. We'll bring you all of the latest live on Capitol Hill, where we are broadcasting a special program this evening, live from the House of Representatives, the uh, Cannon office building where all of the reporters are gathered covering the impeachment proceedings. We've got a panel of all-stars. Tyler Deaton is here. Kevin Walling is here as well. We'll bring you the latest on what Speaker Pelosi is saying, what Leader McConnell is saying, and a preview of President Trump's remarks as he heads to Michigan to hit the campaign trail tonight virtually in lockstep in real time. As the House votes to impeach him, President Trump will hold a campaign rally. We'll give you a preview of that as well. But first, let's get a check of the headlines for Martin DeCaro. Martin.
4: That's right, Kevin. Soon the full House is expected to wrap up debate and vote. Two articles of impeachment accuse President Trump of abusing his power and obstructing Congress's investigation centering on his conduct in the Ukraine affair. The Democratic majority is expected to carry the day, making Trump only the third president in American history to be impeached. To make the case against the president, Speaker Nancy Pelosi charged that he used the power of his public office to obtain an improper personal political benefit.
0: It is a matter of fact that the president is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy. It is tragic that the president's reckless actions make impeachment necessary. He gave us no choice.
4: Republicans asserted President Trump did not pressure the president of Ukraine to help him with re-election, and Democrats aimed at impeachment from the very first day of his administration. On Capitol Hill, or Chapman, Bloomberg Radio. The House is set to vote tomorrow final approval for the new North American Free Trade Pact, known as USMCA. A vote in the Senate may not happen until after an impeachment trial ends. Ohio Republican Senator Rob Portman tells Bloomberg the updates to the outdated parts of NAFTA are too important to be undercut by any impeachment bitterness. It has new digital protection, so the digital economy wasn't around 25 years ago, and so there's no provisions in the current NAFTA accord. President Trump considers replacing NAFTA one of his top priorities ahead of the 2020 election. Americans would be able to buy cheaper prescription drugs imported from Canada under an administration proposal announced today by Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar. This would potentially allow for the sale of these drugs at lower list prices
5: than currently offered to American consumers.
4: A second draft plan would let pharmaceutical companies seek approval to import their own drugs from any country. In Senate testimony today, the Justice Department's internal watchdog, Michael, Horowitz pledged the first ever deep dive to determine the extent of abuses of the secret court known as FISA that approves wiretaps of suspected terrorists and national security threats. Attorney General William Barr announced a new law enforcement effort to combat violent crime in seven cities, Detroit, Memphis, Baltimore, Kansas City, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Albuquerque, because of their high violent crime rates. We're calling it Operation Relentless Pursuit. Uh, And it's a two-pronged attack on, on violent crime. Speaking in Detroit, Barr said more federal law enforcement officers and funding will be sent to those partner cities. Former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort, serving seven and a half years for multiple felony convictions, won't have to face state charges in New York after all. A state judge in Manhattan has dismissed a residential mortgage fraud case against Manafort. New York Supreme Court Justice Maxwell Wiley ruled the charges amounted to double jeopardy since Manafort's already been convicted of federal bank and tax fraud under special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance's office brought the state charges in an effort to keep Manafort in custody in case President Trump pardons him for the federal convictions. In Washington, Nathan Hager, Bloomberg Radio. Time now for the Beltway Business Report. Wrapping up the day on Wall Street, here's Bloomberg's Tracy Junkie.
0: We didn't get a third straight Dow record or a fourth S&P record, but the Nasdaq did improve a little on its record yesterday. And that is five in a row. The Nasdaq is up four points at 88.28. The Dow fell 28 points to 28,239. The S&P down one point. Stock in FedEx dropped 10%. Its quarterly results are being described as breathtakingly bad. Pressured in Europe and Asia by falling demand and in the U.S., FedEx lost Amazon as a customer and had to spend more money to get other online purchases to their buyers on time. Cardigo knows something about falling demand and rising expenses. Daimler and BMW say those are the reasons they are pulling the car sharing service out of North America at the end of February. That means no more car to go in D.C. and Arlington County. Freddie Mac is reportedly offering early retirement packages. Reuters says the buyout offers are going to about a quarter of the mortgage lender's staff or around 1,600 employees. The Trump administration has been pushing to shrink and privatize Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. You're up to date on business from the Beltway to Baltimore. I'm Tracy Jonkey. This is Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2.
4: Global news 24 hours a day on air and a quick take by Bloomberg, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Martin DeCaro, Kevin.
3: Thank you, Martin. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I'm broadcasting live from Capitol Hill, where in just a few short hours, the House of Representatives will take up two articles of impeachment, anticipating a party-line vote in the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives. My guest with me for the hour, Kevin Walling, a Democratic strategist at HG Creative Media, and Tyler Deaton, a Republican strategist and fundraiser. He is also the president of Allegiance Strategies. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you both for being here. Let's begin tonight with Speaker Pelosi, because she has really been orchestrating all of this. Uh, We're just a few short hours away from that vote. And we'll lead things off with what Speaker Pelosi said when she convened this six hours' worth of discussion on the House of Representatives floor. Here's the Speaker of the
0: House. It is a matter of fact that the President is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy.
3: Wow. I mean, Tyler, when you hear her say that he is an ongoing threat to our national security, I mean, she's not mincing words.
6: I think she's distilling their case down quite in a straightforward way, which is something that has been lacking. I mean, this has been a long and winding road to get to this moment with an outcome that has been essentially all but guaranteed since the beginning. Um, I'm glad to be getting this behind us in the House of Representatives. I, if I hear the phrase walk and chew gum one more time, so I'm it. just going to be sick. <laughs> but Why look, did you have to say they, it? Because they're not, not even, we're even, halfway they're not the even capable statement. of actually doing that. And so the real business of the country has fallen behind. Um, there's a lot of work that we need to do. And so I'm just excited that finally with this behind us, we might ratify USMCA tomorrow, which is the, the most significant trade agreement of this administration so far.
3: Well, it is clearly, I mean, and, and Speaker Pelosi coupling, uh, or really sandwiching, rather, the, the impeachment vote today, tonight uh, with the budget agreement yesterday and USMCA uh, tomorrow. But take us behind the scenes, Kevin Walling. When you talk to your Democratic uh, colleagues, when you talk to members of Congress, when you talk to advisors, as well as folks on the presidential campaign. Uh, are they happy to be getting this behind them and to, to pivot to a, a quick trial in the Senate?
5: I think they are, Kevin. It's a good question. You know, I, I, I was shocked to see, and we've kind of seen it trickling out from a lot of these members. There's 31 members currently serving in what is known as Trump districts. These are districts in which the, Demo- the president won in 2016. Democrats flipped those districts in 2018. And they are uniformly, aside from two uh, uh, members, uh, Colin Peterson and Jeff Van Drew, uniformly in uh, in favor of articles of impeachment, both obstruction of Congress and um, uh, and abuse of power of this president. So that was the surprising thing for me coming into this week was seeing the uniformity of the Democratic caucus. Yeah, but I got to push those. back. I got
3: to play. I, I got to push back because two votes isn't uniformity. I mean, it's not unanimous. There are a handful of Democrats who are not voting. Uh, with Speaker Pelosi, who have made the decision that against what Speaker Pelosi said on the House floor, that he is a threat to national security. They don't feel that way.
5: I would argue that those two Democrats are more concerned about keeping their jobs, especially with Jeff Van Drew in New Jersey, uh, seeing poll numbers in his southern New Jersey district than actually putting the Constitution first. There were dozens of Democrats that jumped ship during the clinton impeachment and actually voted with republicans on those three articles of impeachment democrats are united make or break on this uh, on these questions
6: well i i look clearly democrats aren't entirely united but i'm not going to quibble over two votes all i would say is that speaker pelosi Opened this up as though that they would be pulling over Republicans across the center aisle, and that she has failed completely. She's going to lose more Democrats than they gain Republicans on this vote, and that sets this up very badly for what's going to happen in the Senate.
3: Tyler Dayton's here. He's a Republican insider. Kevin Walling's here, a Democratic insider. But to, but to, to Tyler's point, Kevin, in terms of she fra- she the, the the she framed this as a threat to national security. This was mm-hmm. a national security argument. Was she successful in making her case to independent voters? Not her caucus, not the Democratic caucus, not uh, Rashida Tlaib, not, not AOC. But was she successful to the union worker in Wisconsin? Was she successful to the union worker in Battle Creek, Michigan, where President Trump will campaign tonight? Polls say no. Well, no, actually, polls when it comes to independents say yes,
5: and there's actually an interesting comparison between a Fox News poll a month ago and a Fox News poll uh, just out from the the 11th and 12th of December, showing that independents are actually breaking in favor of impeaching and, and removing this president from office. Impe- obviously impeachment is very divisive between registered Democrats and Republicans. It tracks very much along the lines of approval ratings of this president, but I think actually independents are breaking for impeachment, uh, which is a a nice thing to see for the Democrats moving forward.
3: All right. Coming up, we're going to talk about how Republicans are are navigating this. We handled the Democrats uh, and and what they're doing. Again, we're just anticipating that historic impeachment vote just with under, I believe, under two hours from now, where the House of Representatives will uh, vote likely to impeach the president. From there, it will go to the Senate, And Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said that he is in favor of a quick Quick trial. Uh, he was on Hugh Hewitt's radio program earlier today. We'll dive into that coming up. Tyler Deaton stays, Kevin Walling stays. You can download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes by downloading the Bloomberg Business app or on uh, Bloomberg.com. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. My name is Kevin Cerilli. I'm the Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, and you're listening to Bloomberg 991.
2: We're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. His decision to try to angrily negotiate through the press is unfortunate. But no amount of bluster will change the simple fact that we already have a unanimous bipartisan precedent. If 100 senators thought this approach was good enough for President Clinton, it ought to be good enough for President Trump.
3: That was Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell speaking earlier this morning on the Senate floor. He also gave an interview to, to Hugh Hewitt uh, on his conservative radio program in which he said uh, that he had concerns that the impeachment process would become the norm, that it would become normalized to impeach a president. Meanwhile, I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, broadcasting live this evening from Capitol Hill, where we are awaiting that historic impeachment vote just under two hours from now. Uh, lawmakers uh, making their speeches on the House floor and discussing why they feel or why they do not feel uh, the president should be impeached. Congresswoman Caroline, Carolyn Maloney is speaking right now. She's a Democrat from New York. because she's, she's the chairwoman of the uh, Oversight and Reform Committee, saying that the president has abused his power. Tyler Deaton's here, a Republican insider. Kevin Walling is here, a Democratic insider. You've seen him all over Fox News. All right, so take us from a Republican leadership uh, calculation tyler in terms of leader mcconnell and the and how he's been able to navigate not speaker pelosi but really to be able to navigate president trump who wanted a pomp and circumstance trial doesn't look like he's going to get it
6: yeah he's he's not going to get that and i think that it, it's just it's again it's the political brilliance of leader mcconnell to protect his majority they know what the map looks like heading into 2020 um, they know what states they have to defend. They know what states they need to compete in. And Leader McConnell is not going to allow his members to get into a muddy debate over the impeachment. He's just not going to let that happen.
3: You know, I, I, so I was speaking with some aides, Kevin Walling, uh, uh, to uh, Republicans earlier today. And, and really, they said this is really just business as usual in terms of how the impeachment is going to uh, play out and and, and whatnot. But, I was struck by the contrast of Speaker, and similarities to some extent, of Speaker Pelosi and Leader McConnell. Speaker Pelosi has, as we've talked about and discussed, really kept her caucus in lockstep with her, with the exception of a, of a handful of uh, moderates, and Leader McConnell has virtually been able to, to do the same exact thing. Yeah, you've seen you know comments from, I count
5: 13 senators, Republican senators currently serving that have questioned uh... that it was not in fact a perfect call by the president uh... of course democrats would need twenty of their colleagues from the republican side to join with them to actually convict the president on one of uh... two of these articles in order to actually remove the president, but I think you're right, and I think it's actually a sad fact. I think it's a sad fact for this country uh, that we are looking down the nose of a, a purely partisan impeachment process, where Democrats in the House, by a party-line vote, impeach the president, and Republicans in the Senate, by a party-line vote, uh, vote to um, uh, acquit the president. Uh, that's not what the framers intended. This is not supposed to be something for political whims, but actually real, uh, uh, serious uh, challenges to the rule of law. Uh, I think, as a Democrat, that this president is committed. Tyler disagrees, obviously, um, with that assessment. But we can't go down this road where w- chambers flip uh, opposite party in the White House. Well, we you think we're going to have
3: multiple impeachments? Is impeachment going to be the new shutdown? I mean, you think, I mean, it gonna be. It shouldn't be. But do you think there's a chance it will be?
5: Well, hopefully, a future Democratic president doesn't uh, create these uh, uh, kind of problems in the future where uh, well, there when would I was be a serious kid. calls for their uh, impeachment. When
3: I was a kid, Tyler Deaton, I mean, impeachment, 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 President Bill Clinton. You know, it was dun dun dun. And and, and as one staffer put it to me, well, ninety percent Amer- of America is about to. This is a staffer. This isn't Kevin. A staffer saying ninety percent of Americans are about to find out that being impeached doesn't mean you're going to get removed from office. That's it's true. getting called into the principal's office. It's it, it, it's it's not it's not getting expelled from your school. Yeah. So is this is this just a charade?
6: No, I I don't think that it's a charade. Will it I become think that one? This is polarized politics at its worst. And look, Kevin Walling's very smart, and I'm not going to argue. With his numbers, all I want to raise for the listeners is the last time that a president was facing impeachment, there were a lot of Republicans who were willing to vote not to convict President Clinton in the Senate. And I think that's a big part of what's changed. And some of those Senate Republicans are still with us. Susan Collins being one of them. She's going to run and for reelection. election so We found that, that out. I think there was actually bipartisanship then that there were Republican senators who were willing to say that President Clinton's impeachment might have been too political for them to convict. And so where are the Democrats today who would equally look at the situation and like Republicans in the 90s say I maybe this has gone too far, maybe no, this wait, is becoming no, too no. partisan. But I would say that's what's changed. is like the parties are on both sides far too lockstep but in the 90s it was Republicans who actually bucked their party I, I, I want to continue
3: with this notion of whether or not impeachment has become normalized because I spoke with one Democratic congressman earlier today who asked not to be named and I'll respect that uh, and what this congressman told me was their President Trump could get impeached again and again and again. Well, actually, President
5: Trump in a recent interview was surprised that this was actually the thing that actually impeached him. Uh, (laughs) I think a lot of people are surprised. With everything else that's going on in terms of campaign finance violations, emolument clause issues. Uh, that this was actually the thing in terms of uh, extorting a foreign government to interfere in our elections was the thing that actually got him impeached. Um, But, you know, the framers envisioned this as something that was so um, serious in totality uh, that it shouldn't be a party-line vote. Uh, You know, but you look at Andrew Johnson, that was a party-line vote. It was a party out of power that disagreed with what President Johnson had done with the Cabinet Secretary that he fired. Um, Bill Clinton's impeachment was a highly partisan charade back in the day in terms of the three articles that they got him on in terms of Perjury and things like that. And there were Republicans of conscience that said this is beyond Okay, the but pale. let me ask a
3: better question. Let me, sure. let me Let me ask a more pointed question. Is this Democrats' one shot to impeach President Trump? I sure hope not. I mean, I, I think it's Wait, been... so you say, I, I think you're it's, saying that there could no, be No, I think it's been
5: problematic on our side when we have Democratic members that come out of the gate saying we need to impeach, you know, using a foul language, and Al Green, who introduced mm-hmm. a resolution trying to impeach his president from day one. That's problematic because it does... Cheapen and lessen this process that should be—it's inherent in the Constitution and should be a a failsafe against a corrupt administration. Right. Not something that's thrown around Willy This is to be serious this stuff. This is the final. Act that Congress has to hold any president, regardless of party, accountable for their actions.
3: Yeah. All right. If you were, if you were to predict, do you think President, Tr- if, if President, Tr- I mean, we're doing hypotheticals, but I, I think as bears repeating because I think it is going to come up, especially if the president is reelected, with, and Democrat and the and the balance of power is, remains the, the status quo. Will President? Do you think Democrats? Is this a one-shot deal, or, or will it happen again? Oh, no, I
6: I would predict that. The House of Representatives in this current Congress will impeach him again, and I would also predict that Speaker Pelosi is going to lose more members of her party on the vote than Leader McConnell will in the Senate.
5: Not necessarily. I I think you know the 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 infamous call on the twenty fifth happened literally the day after Mueller uh, testified in Congress and the American people seemingly moved on from calls for impeachment. This president, the day after, felt vindicated enough to go try and extort a foreign country. I think he will feel vindicated if he's acquitted and will continue this disastrous behavior that he's involved on. I just, you
3: know, and maybe it's because I grew up in Delco, Kevin Walling. Hey, I'm right across the river (laughs) in New Jersey, my man. But listen, I I just think when you take a step back, I told this to Tom Keene earlier, my my mentor here at Bloomberg, Tom Keene, you know, and I'll rip up the script for a second, but you know, all the networks, they cut in to the impeachment, you know, they're covering the impeachment, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you go to some of these states and it's, and, and to just be candid here, the president is, is really, dare I say taking impeachment and trying to turn it into a mobilization effort for his re-election, he is literally going to have He's certainly prime. raising a
5: lot of money off of it. He's
3: raising a lot of, uh, he, he's going to have a prime time viewership tonight across every network, every channel that will carry his remarks. This isn't Bill Clinton celebrating in the West Wing playing the saxophone. This is uh, the president in full-fledged re-election right. mode surrounded by thousands of his supporters and offering, in real time, a direct rebuttal to Speaker Pelosi.
6: Right, and all of the networks haven't carried one of his rallies in an evening in a long time.
5: And we'll see if they do. They probably will. But I do do think, fundamentally, he will feel wounded coming out of this. We know that the House is a foregone conclusion you see the way he's acting out that six-page letter uh, directed to speaker Pelosi. He knows that this will be the first line of his obituary, that he, just as it is for Bill Clinton, that uh, in modern history there's been two presidents that were impeached. Not convicted, but impeached. That will always be part of his legacy, and I think that wounds him personally uh, more than anyone
6: else. I don't know how much it wounds him. I don't know what wounds President Trump. Um, I do think that the fact that this is finally coming out of the House is going to be a political milestone for his reelection campaign. That he holds every single House Republican in his column, including people who are retiring, including very moderate House Republican members. That is well, going to send a signal to independent voters. And also by a year from now when we're actually having the elections, I would just take issue with this idea that any independent voter in America is going to be voting based on impeachment. I think by that well, point, I, I we'll think, be talking about the economy. I think-
3: Tyler, you and I have talked about this before. I, I, I think who who are the Republican surrogates for the suburbs? I think that's a question mark for for the Republican Party. And that that uh, that letter, by the way, the, did you see what the Times did with that letter? They had an annotated president's letter president's to Speaker president's Pelosi. President's letter to Speaker Pelosi. They had an annotated, an line annotated by line, line yeah. by line interpretation of Politico. Jake Sherman at Politico. He said uh, he said it was like a Twitter rant. It was like a six page Twitter rant. All of his greatest. It'll ads. be in the Smithsonian. Coming. <laughs> We talk policy, USMCA, it's fourth and inches, really, it's a fourth and goal for USMCA. Coming up with Tyler Deaton and Kevin Walling. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes by downloading the Bloomberg business app or at Bloomberg.com. You can also find me on radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. My name is Kevin Cerulli. I'm the chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. I'm on a red-eye to L.A. tonight for our special coverage tomorrow of the Democratic presidential debate. It's back on, folks. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1.
2: This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2.
3: I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Tyler Deaton's here. He's a Republican insider, president of Allegiance Strategies. Kevin Walling is, is also here. He is a Democratic strategist at, over at HG Creative Media. All right, let's put you both on the spot for a second. What has been more intense, this impeachment day or Kavanaugh day?
6: Ooh, very good question. Thank for, you. Very good question. Well, thank on the Republican side Tom of the off. aisle, I would have said that the Kavanaugh day has been... Way more intense than anything happening today. I agree. I think in terms of public
5: interest, too, everyone was glued to see Dr. Ford's testimony. I don't think anyone is watching the House floor today in terms of the American people.
3: And Kevin's a Democrat. And he I'm said a that. Democrat. Yeah, I mean, see, that was I, I, well, it was really
5: compelling te- uh, t- television.
3: Listen, I know it's bad radio for everybody to agree, but I totally agree. I yeah. thought Kevin all day was, I mean, I was having flashbacks to covering some court cases that I covered way right. early in my career, I mean, it was great. We didn't know what was going to happen. This is a foregone conclusion today. Yeah, exactly, you, know? it, you didn't know what was going to happen. You, there, it was, it was cultural. It was political. Sure, it was. You had, you know, down to the wire votes. And this just feels, again, do I dare I say it, or let me
6: ask the question: Does it feel anticlimactic? It feels a little pre-baked. It feels a little partisan. All right. It feels a little predictable. And again, like this didn't have to take two months.
3: All right, well, let's talk about where I'm going tonight. Los Angeles, the city of angels. City of angels. What's happening in, in Los Angeles? Angeles. Uh, LAX, I land, I don't even know what time. Hopefully I make the flight. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm going to make the flight uh, for the debate. What do you have your eye on for the debate tomorrow night, Kevin Wallace? This is
5: the first time we have just seven candidates uh, on that stage. I think there's going to be a lot more sparks between them because the time is the same in terms of, you know, how long this debate is going to last. But this is where it's getting down to the wire, right? We've got a month and a half before Iowa. I think there's actually going to be some uh, division between Senator Sanders and Senator Warren. They know they need to What are they going to fight on? Well, on Medicare for All. You saw Senator Warren backtracking in terms of her support on that. And I think. Warren's dropped
3: significantly in the polls. She has,
5: she has. And she knows the calculation. She took on Mayor Pete the last two weeks, didn't see any bump in her polls. Her numbers actually went down. And they're fighting for the same votes.
3: I just, well, I think personally, I think actually a lot of those Bernie voters could be Biden supporters. Yeah. If Biden sure. make the right pitch. Sure. And I, I think also, too,
5: interestingly enough, I talked to a lot of people in Iowa, and they're seeming to tell me that Amy Klobuchar might be on the rise and be the dark oh, yeah. horse coming yeah, out I've of Yeah, I've heard this. that. That's the
3: talk of the that town. She
5: might be peaking at the right time. You know, you saw Mayor Pete, uh, kind of peaking, uh, and it's still pretty high up in terms of North, uh, New Hampshire and, and Iowa. But they're saying that Amy Klobuchar, if she has a breakout moment tomorrow night, might be able to capitalize on she Elizabeth Warren and others.
3: She potentially could be the one senator who actually could use that momentum in the Senate trial. Similarly, we were talking earlier about Kavanaugh. How she did with Kavanaugh? She was pretty effective. She I mean, was you very saw effective. that, that she was perhaps uh, interplay. effective. It really
5: humanized her yeah. too, right? Talking about her father, who was an alcoholic um and struggled with with addiction and and that really humanized her and and you know she was a career prosecutor before she ran for the senate in in uh, Minnesota so i think you're absolutely right that she could have a, a moment that shines same with kamala harris unfortunately who's no longer in this race but i think she's going to have a lot of moments now that she's focusing on impeachment
6: well, she has plenty, uh, come of, time. I she think, plenty look, of time. I has got plenty of time. If they were stocks, I would sell Warren, I would sell Buttigieg, and I would absolutely buy <laughs> oh Klobuchar. Oh, my gosh. Look, Shows I, up
3: on Bloomberg and starts equating the candidates to
6: stocks. Go ahead. I think that Senator Klobuchar, <laughs> in addition to Vice President Biden, are probably the only two people in the field that Democrats— if they're serious about beating Trump, they basically have to pick between those two individuals. And I'm not actually sure yet that the Democratic Party is serious about defeating listen, Trump. Listen, I've, I've, yeah. I've
3: said that I think Senator Bernie Sanders. I think that he has really proven to be a lot more formidable than people think. I think I think here inside of the Beltway, inside of the, this town, and the chattering class, they shrug him off. But listen. Every you look at the the the, the college age, you know they don't college kids don't vote, but I mean they all want him. The young the, the youths want Bernie Sanders. He, the pop stars want Bernie. He's
6: got momentum, right? He's, he's doing going, well with Generation Z, and yeah. Mayor Pete's doing well with Who the Silent thought? Generation. Who would have thought? Senator
5: Sanders is also doing well with people of color uh, up there. Not as much as the vice the former Vice President, but he actually does very well, especially with Latinos in Nevada. Um, so that's something to look at. I, I do think you know any other. Candidate, a heart attack at his at their age would have knocked him out of the race. They're all over but seventy. His, yeah, they're all over seventy.
3: It's um, right, including I mean, the president. I don't know how um, old Klobuchar is. Pete Buttigieg, obviously, she's probably right around there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, you know what? I'm not at ages. I say, hey, you got enough gas got left the in the, in the tank? tank? Run.
6: Yeah. Run. I no, agree. And this is why Senator Klobuchar could come on strong in Iowa. I think she's tailor-made for the Iowa caucuses. Um, Who could I, forget her kickoff in the in the snow? <laughs> my God, I mean in she's ready.
5: <laughs> she's ready for Iowa right now. So she's the, in know, that blizzard. That was, a, that was amazing television. Uh, that's what's going on right now in Des Moines. Is more that snow. yeah,
3: snowstorm is more yeah. interesting than these floor proceedings coming up. I'm going to ask what's on the panel's radar. I promise we'll talk policy. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes by downloading the Bloomberg Business app or at bloomberg.com. You can also find us on radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1.
2: This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm
3: Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. I'm broadcasting live from the uh, Cannon Office Building in the House of Representatives. We're in just over an hour. The House is likely going to vote on two articles of impeachment. Uh, We're carefully following all day the back and forth of lawmakers who are making their addresses on uh, the floor. My guest with me for the hour, Tyler Deaton. He is a Republican insider, president of Allegiance Strategy, and Kevin Walling, who is a Democratic strategist uh, over at HG Creative Media. All right, it's time now for What's on Your Radar. Uh, Who wants to go first?
6: I'll go first. I'm happy to go first. Uh, Just in a quick change of subjects. Um, a lot of people know how Congressman Duncan Hunter Jr. has recently pled guilty to campaign finance crimes. Um, part of it is he was using campaign funds to fly his pet rabbit back and forth across mm-hmm. the country. So now he's uh, going to be resigning after the holidays, and he's creating an open seat. And this race is going to have a lot of buzz coming into the new year because former Congressman Daryl Issa is trying to come back to Congress after previously retiring, and he's running against an up and coming younger Republican named Carl DeMaio, who's running in that seat, who's actually a gay Republican. And if Carl he won. On, in San Diego. One yeah, time, he right was on the, the city, city council. Is that Red?
3: like the Silicon Valley one who lost? No. Oh, he's in no, San, San Diego. Diego. Right. So yeah.
5: Was he on the city council, or did he? No, no, Darrell Ice is,
3: yeah. yeah. is a street fighter.
5: He is. Oh, absolutely! An enormous That's right. war chest. As this, well,
6: this race is going to have a lot of interest and buzz as we go in because Duncan Hunter Jr.'s resignation creating an open seat. It's a safe Republican seat. It, it so should this, be. So it'll
5: play out in the primary. It is should what you're play saying, out in the, the primary. whole race. Yeah. yeah. We fielded a young guy against him um, uh, last cycle that really didn't go anywhere. Raised a bunch of money against then Congressman Hunter, but uh, but wasn't ultimately successful. Yeah.
3: All right, interesting. So you've got your eye on that race. What's on your radar, Kevin? So on my radar, Kev, uh,
5: is a new piece coming out of the Hill uh, this week that I wrote that actually focuses on uh, the president standing with independence. We know uh, from exit polling in 2016 that the president actually won independence about 47 to 41% uh, against Secretary Clinton. Uh, His approval ratings right now um, are underwater with independence, which are going to be crucial. It's about 30% of uh, the vote that, that is either independent or unaffiliated. Uh, And right now uh, sixty-two percent of those individuals um, uh disapprove of his job performance right now. He's down six points in the last Fox News poll from a previous month ago um, with independents specifically on impeachment. That's going to be a crucial voting block. A lot of them uh, went for him in the final weeks of 2016, as we remember with the Jim Comey letter against Secretary Clinton. He's going to have to win those folks back, probably one of the reasons why he's going to Battle Creek, Michigan,
6: tonight for this rally. Yeah, but see, in, in Speaker Pelosi's defense, and I would say this, I don't think she brought up this impeachment because she would. I don't think she thought it would help Democrats politically. Yeah, no, it and, may very well. And, she was. She was very hesitant all along. To and bring so this forward. that's all I can say in her defense is like, I don't think it has helped them politically, and I don't think that she ever did it thinking it would help them politically.
5: Yeah. Again, I think she's. She's always talked to it as, as the times have called them forward to do this she's always uh, quoting the founders and things like that so I, I do think you're right i think she was hesitant all along right uh, and kind of holding back the the left flank of our our party uh against this so i think your your analysis is spot on with the speaker
3: uh, you know, what's what's on my radar as, as House Financial Services Committee Chairwoman Maxine Waters, the Democrat from California, one of the earliest, I believe the earliest, voices of impeachment. She's just taken the floor of the House of Representatives where she is saying uh, that the president needs to be impeached. She was really one of the first. And, you know, around town in the financial services sector, you know, there have been many who have openly started questioning whether or not... Uh, she's done enough in terms of organizing uh, her members to help them fundraise uh, on the financial services committee uh, to develop some significant war chest or if she's played more into the impeachment saga kevin what do you hear about that
5: yeah, my, my read on this is actually, you know, while she's outspoken in the media, she actually has a pretty strong reputation actually running the committee and has a really good relationship with the Republican ranking member. Really? On financial services. Uh, Absolutely. I haven't heard that. that. That her public persona doesn't match her I, ability to move things through committee.
1: I haven't heard that at all.
5: Well, you and I are talking to different people, and I, I, I come at it from dude. a
6: different angle. All right. But she's been, I think, an effective chairwoman of that committee. All right. What do you think about that? Look, I cannot confirm the nature of the chairwoman's relationship with the ranking member, but I will say that the Republicans on financial services are fundraising powerhouses
3: the democrats aren't and and listen i mean i can't believe we're we're going off on a tangent here but it is interesting house financial services committee chairwoman maxine waters just giving up uh her floor time there and there was a
5: round of applause when she left uh, the podium it sounded like interesting as she
3: discusses impeachment one of the first voices the earliest voices calling for impeachment uh, but no, listen. I mean, I've spoken with Democrats who say that you know they're a little frustrated that they haven't been able to to fundraise in the way that that the Republicans on that committee uh, have been able to do so. But that's not what's on my radar. USMCA. It's USMCAE, folks. Come on, US, <laughs> USMCA, USMCA. Say that five million times fast. Uh, is getting a vote tomorrow, and I just heard from uh, an aide to one of the members who's really been a prominent force. On USM, USM, I can't do it. NASA two uh, and the vote is likely going to happen before noon tomorrow, and yeah. around eleven a.m. Uh, New York time. USMCA uh, vote. Well, it's it is it is a massive deal, uh, and I, I think it says something about the moment that we're in, in terms of the budget getting approved yesterday, tomorrow USMCA, uh, and, and tonight impeachment. Clearly, Speaker Pelosi trying to go full steam ahead.
5: Sure, and actually, this is this is a good thing for moderates in our caucus to take home uh, with them. Uh, folks that need to run saying that we work with the president where we can, and we push back with the president uh, where we need to. So this is, I think, this is a win-win. Obviously, for the president, for the Democrats in Congress that were very uh, influential, especially with uh, Bob Lightheiser, our U.S. Trade Representative. Speaker Pelosi was with him in um, working on this, all aspects of the trade deal, especially when it came to environmental protections and the labor aspects of it. So again, I think this is a win-win. I won't, as Tyler said, make reference to walking and chewing.
3: Don't. We the started the time. show with that, now we're going to end the show with that. Um, poll numbers, does President Trump get a bump or a, 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 a hit in the in the polls after being impeached?
5: I think, I think he will take a slight uh, hit, uh, because you never want to see your last name, Nixon impeached, Clinton impeached. Uh, Trump impeached. I think for for folks that aren't really paying attention to this, uh, that is a black mark on this president. Uh, But, of course, we'll we'll see. Time will tell. Politics moves on pretty quickly, and we may already forget that
6: this president was impeached come November 2020. Right. He might lose a point or two, and then he'll gain a point or two when the headlines come out. Senate acquits. And this is where we're heading, right? It was like everyone has known from day one how this was going to play out. Some of the other things that I would have said uh, two months ago, I didn't know if USMCA would be done by the end of the year. I didn't. There was actually people floating that it
3: wasn't going to happen until the first quarter
6: That's right. of next year. Well, and technically the Senate is still going to take it up in the new year, and that would actually be my one complaint is I really wish Senate majority would have gotten their, their part of USMCA done this week as well.
3: Well, you know, I think that, I think that is a good point. Um well, here we are, impeachment eve, in just an hour and a half. Think about it. Really
6: folks. is exciting, I think, for,
5: for your listeners. Yeah, well, just being here in this road. Time oh, day, right, right. To, you know, painting this picture is you know we're we're sending, we're standing here. We've got these marble columns. We're surrounded by every other news network uh, that is reporting live on the different aspects of this vote that's happening right now on it's the a floor. It's crazy. I mean, I, and I, it's just an exciting time for anyone up, interested in
3: politics. To sum it up, I mean, wow, that's all I got. Wow, <laughs> president gets impeached. There's a debate tomorrow night. The the budget's open. The trade deal gets passed. And you know what? The Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys. There you have it. Right? Can we just... no birds. Can we do that? We're going to have special coverage of impeachment uh, all throughout the night on uh, Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We're also going to have complete coverage tomorrow. I'll be in L.A. Uh, We'll be monitoring the Democratic presidential debate, and we will also be talking... Uh, all about uh, the USMCA passage again, that vote likely before noon. I'm Kevin Cirilli. My thanks to Tyler Beaton. My thanks to Kevin Walling. My thanks to you for listening. Drive safe out there, everybody. You're listening to Bloomberg
1: 99.1. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now.